Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the fourth of five classes in a series called Five Ways the Holy Spirit Unites Disciples of Christ. Five ways. And today it's uh, the fourth way and we're looking at, and after we did liturgy last time, we're talking today about how the Spirit unites disciples by practicing the kingdom of God. And what does that mean? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. We are united more and more by the Spirit as we do kingdom work. The Spirit unites disciples because he's with them and as they participate in the kingdom work that belongs to him. Why are we looking at this topic of unity? Well, it's because the pandemic has damaged the depth and the meaningfulness of our relationships. Inevitably, we've not been seeing each other. Now that we're coming back together, it's also very important to not just feel that, well, because we're meeting in the same room or the same hall again, we are fully unified and deeply love one another. That just physically being together isn't going to do it. It's an understanding that the Spirit is in you and me and therefore with us and in us. And he is the one who unites us. He is the one who helps our relationships to become truly deep where we love each other deeply from the heart, as Peter wrote. So that's what we're trying to achieve with these classes. I hope they're helping. You can, you can let me know. And these classes are inspired by an article in this magazine, the Telios or Telios magazine, uh, which I can recommend if you want deeper Bible study. Uh, an article by John Mark Hicks on a number of topics, but uh, he has a little section on the Holy Spirit, which I've uh, expanded somewhat here for us. Hope you find it useful. Now, it is the Spirit, fundamentally, who unifies us, isn't it? It's not because we go to the same church or believe in even some of the same things. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, Paul reminds the Ephesians that they need to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, the Spirit that the, the unity that the Spirit brings and only He brings. It's His uh, product. It's his character. It's his nature. It's it's what he is and what he does. He is the one that gives us true unity and helps us to be, as he says, one body in that passage. So it's about the Spirit, and we're going to look into this today to figure out how the Spirit unites us um, as he's present with us and empowers us in our work for the kingdom, for God. That's a long sentence, but the Spirit unites us by being present with us and empowering us in our work for the kingdom, for God. So I believe our unity is improved and developed and deepened as we labor in the power of the Spirit in the kingdom of God. So first of all, let's talk about Jesus. We should always start there, shouldn't we? So let's start with Jesus. And I would say this, the kingdom work of Jesus, and that was his work on earth. It was kingdom work. The kingdom work of Jesus was done in the power of the Spirit. John Mark Hicks makes this point. I'll quote from the article. He says, The Spirit anointed Jesus, led him into the wilderness, and empowered him for ministry. We see that in Luke chapters 3 and 4. He's baptized. And uh, what happens when he's baptized? The Spirit descends on him. He's empowered by the Spirit. And then in chapter uh, 4, he goes into the wilderness why does he go into the wilderness? It says that he was uh, uh, full of the Spirit, and of course the Spirit sent him into the wilderness. And then we find him going back to Galilee. In verse 14 of chapter 4, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He's empowered. He is accompanied by and empowered by the Spirit. And then he goes to uh, the synagogue and he reads that passage from Isaiah, beginning of verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's claiming this for himself here. Because he has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners 
recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is the ministry. This is the mission of Jesus. It is in the power of the Spirit. It's not just because he was, if you, if you like, divine. It's not just because he had the, 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 these, these, the strength and the powers he had. It is that he is empowered by, commissioned by the Spirit. He does his work in the power of the Spirit. And what does this ministry of Jesus of the kingdom of God look like? To quote Hicks once again, it says, he says, it involves heralding the good news of the kingdom. That's number one. Exercising authority over the principalities and powers. We see that in the way that he casts out demons, for example. And healing brokenness. These three things. Heralding the good news of the kingdom. It's coming. It's here. Exercising authority over the principalities and powers. There's nothing can stand against the kingdom of God. And healing brokenness. The compassion, the love and the kindness of God is breaking through for all humankind to enjoy. Wonderful um, wonderful description right there from Hicks. Now, before we ask what this means for us, so we looked at Jesus here. He's doing his ministry in the kingdom, uh, kingdom work in the power of the spirit. Before we ask, OK, so what about us? Let's take a moment and consider whether this applies to you and me. Let's just think about that part of this, uh, this equation. So I'd say this. So the kingdom work of the followers of Jesus, as in you and I, is also done in the power of the spirit. How do we achieve anything for God in his kingdom? It is by the power of his spirit. You know, Jesus said to his followers, as you'll know, in Matthew uh, 28, verses 19 and 20, he told them they had a task, one of many, uh, but a very important one, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the uh, Holy Spirit, of course. Now, this is something he wants his disciples to do. He wants his disciples to do a bit more than that, but, but certainly that amongst many other things. Now, if Jesus did his work in the power of the Spirit, it would make no sense for him to expect you and me to continue his work without the same Spirit being available and necessary. Available and necessary. Because you may say, yes, I know it's available because I was given the Holy Spirit at baptism, Acts 2, 38, 39. You were. So, so it's, it's available and you've got it, but it's also necessary. I think that's an important thing to uh, consider here that we cannot do. We cannot do the kingdom work for Jesus, uh, for God, unless it is by the power of the Spirit. So we need the Spirit and we have it. Uh, uh, Romans 8.11 might be another useful, encouraging scripture. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because, because of his spirit who lives in you. Right. So you have the spirit. He lives in you. We have it. It's, he's available and he is necessary for the work. Jesus gave us the work. We can do it. We can do the work because we have the same spirit. Isn't this wonderful thought? It's not about your adequacy or inadequacy. It's not about your skills or your lack of them. It's not about your gifts. It's not about your experience. It's about the Spirit of Christ in you. And the Spirit of Christ, is well, it was adequate then and it's adequate now, working through you. Let's take the Apostle Paul for, as an example as well. He claimed that he accomplished what he did for God, according to Romans 15 verse 19, by the power of signs and wonders through, through what? The power of the Spirit 
of God. All the things that Paul was able to do for God were done because, the, because they were done through the power of the Spirit of God working in and through him. He reminds the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, that the gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. This is how the conviction was built in them of the truth of the gospel. It was because of the power of the Spirit working in and through Paul. You and I have had experiences like that, haven't we? When we felt that conviction of the God's word, maybe when you were studying the Bible to become a Christian or other, other times in your life, when you know there was some spiritual work being done by somebody helping to teach you and it, the power was in the word, but it came through that person. There's something amazing about that. So the work of Jesus was done in the power of the Spirit. Our work is done in the power of the same Spirit. So what does this mean and what might this look like in our local congregational context or our smaller group, whatever we have? So I'd say this. Our kingdom work is done today in the power of the Spirit. So let's take a moment to consider what this kingdom work is. We think back to what Jesus said in Luke, and there's a beautiful uh, description there about uh, proclaiming good news to the poor, freedom for prisoners, sight for the blind, setting the oppressed free, proclaiming to whoever will, whoever will listen to it, this is the year of the Lord's favor. Wonderful. But what does that mean for you and me? And when we start thinking about what the ministry of Jesus is and what's that for us, um, we could do a whole series of lessons just on that topic. I've got books, books and books on my bookshelf here about the mission of Jesus and the mission of the church and the mission of Christians today and defining that. It's, uh, it's not complicated, but it is. there's a lot to say about it. But for today, suffice it to say that our mission and our ministry mirrors what Jesus did. We don't do all the same things in the same degree and in the same kind of exact way Jesus did. But our ministry mirrors the areas of his ministry. So therefore, we must interpret what he did into our local context where you and I live. I'll quote Hicks one last time today. He says this, In the Spirit, we embrace the unity of believers through shared ministry. That is, shared participation in the proclamation, and practice of the good news of the kingdom of God, which is the mission of God. Let me give you that phrase again. Proclamation and practice of the good news of the kingdom of God, which is the mission of God. So what he's telling us here, Hicks, is that the Spirit enables our unified work in the kingdom, doing kingdom work. It's a good thing to do our individual work for God in his kingdom. Let's not neglect that. But there's something very special about doing it together, sharing our faith together, teaching people the Bible together, uh, praying together, sitting with people together in our congregation and sometimes perhaps even outside, listening, listening to people together as they perhaps pour out their hearts, their grief, their, their hurt, fasting together, baptizing people together, healing the environment together, worshiping together, singing together, engaging together in making the world a better place and removing the barriers to social and racial inclusion and justice, engaging with other social justice issues. We can make a long list. The issues that would bring about something closer to the kingdom vision of a peace-filled and joy-filled and united humanity under God. 
and done together. There's something glorious about that for God. As we see in the ministry of God, you might say, that it is Father, Son, and Spirit working together in perfect harmony, fully united, uh, having a oneness, which is beautiful. And that oneness is something that you and I share because we have the Father in us, uh, uh, John 14, 23. We have the Spirit in us, which we looked at earlier. We have Jesus in us. The Spirit of Christ is in us. And, and the God, God wants to work through his Spirit in us as we then work together with other Spirit-filled Christians. Something amazing can be done for God. So what does this mean for you directly where you are? Well, I, I, let me leave you with three questions. And you can discuss this locally with the people around you. The first would be this. What does it look like for your local gathering or your local group? What does it look like for your group to herald the good news of the kingdom by the power of the Spirit? In other words, this, what we often would call sharing our faith, is much more than that. But let's just say that for the moment. The way in which we tell others about Jesus, about the kingdom, not just uh, out there talking to people directly, but in what there are many different ways we can do this. But what what does it look like for you to do this together by the power of the Spirit? It'll it'll unite you if you can figure this out for what it means for you. Secondly, what does it look like for your local gathering, your local group, to exercise authority over the principalities and powers by the power of the Spirit? What does that look like for you? What does it look like? to exercise authority, as Jesus did, over the principalities and powers by the power of the Spirit. Again, like I said earlier, it may look a bit different in its form compared to what Jesus did, but surely that's still part of our ministry together in the kingdom of God. And third question, what does it look like for your local gathering, for your local group, to heal brokenness? Heal the brokenness that's in this world by the power of the Spirit. And that might be the brokenness between humans and God, like helping someone to find God, to become a Christian, be saved. But there's many other kinds of brokenness in this world also. So what would that look like for you and your local group to, to heal brokenness by the power of the Spirit together? Together. And I think this is the key thing for all of these questions is what does it not just mean for you, although that's a legitimate question, but what does it mean for you to say to do that together with one or two or five or 10 or 20 other members of your local group? So I think those are the key issues for today. I'll uh, summarize by reminding us that I believe that the scriptures and the example of Jesus demonstrate clearly that the spirit unites us. One of the ways the spirit unites us is by joining us together, spirit by spirit, as we work together in the kingdom. Next time, we'll talk about spiritual formation practices and how they, uh, how the Spirit unites us as we uh, practice those, in particular, particularly praying in the Spirit. So we'll look at that next time. Uh, this is the class for today. Now, if you have any questions, drop me a line. It's malcolm at malcolmcox.org. If you've got any comments, leave them wherever you hear or see this recording. And I hope you have fruitful discussions in your local groups about what this might mean. Till the next time, take care and God bless.